0: I mean, here comes an episode that really shouldn't ever have to take place. You know, there's certain stances that you take in this business that are that are gutsy and bold and imaginative, creative. And then there's advising a major league baseball team to get rid of players who are not major league Ball players, good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out as well. Padres 5, Pirates 2. Mitch Keller was terrific, for real. Uh, His best start of the season, better even than the one up in Milwaukee. Six innings, one run, five hits, five Ks, nobody walked, attacked hitters. His final pitch of the day was 99.7 miles an hour, just ramped up, got stronger as he went. Everything you'd want to see from Mitch, really. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter because there are so many guys in this lineup right now that don't belong in anybody's major league lineup at any point for any reason, even in supporting roles, much less having their names penciled in on the card that gets posted before the game, you know? And I know, I know, this conversation doesn't matter. All that matters is how the younger guys do, uh, how they're going to affect the future with the way certain guys perform. I get that part. Look, I'm the one who advocates it myself on a pretty regular basis here. I'm the one who says I don't care what kind of season Jose Quintana has because he doesn't matter. So how can I care about this? Well, it's irritating, okay? And it's confounding. Because when I look at Yoshi Tsutsugo out there, and, and yeah, the box score says he was two for four, but one of the hits was a bloop, another one, It should have been fielded by the pitcher. And he makes a completely awful error that costs the Pirates a couple of runs in the seventh. And the the error went to Cole Tucker for the low throw in the dirt, but even Derek Shelton acknowledged afterward that that's a play that needed to be finished. That was the way Shelton termed it. It needed to be finished. And that's on Satsugo. It was a routine scoop that any first baseman can make. But that's not the, the thing. We're now into the second month of the season, and the guy who bats cleanup in this order has one extra base hit. Not in the series, not for the week, for the whole season. And that's not a home run. His average is at 197. He's been terrible. There's no benefit to having him on this team much less regularly taking the field. There's no benefit to it. There's nothing that helps the Pittsburgh Pirates in any way, shape, or form, past, present, or future. I mean, I can jump on the Mason Martin trade. He's got a ton of extra base hits in A. Uh, He's had a ton of extra base hits and light tower power at every level of the game. He also hasn't been at AAA very long. I wouldn't mind seeing him hang around there and maybe uh, go through a rough patch and see how he comes out of it. That's something baseball people love to talk about. That's when you really know you've made it, when you struggle and then you bounce back. Okay, well, then go ahead and struggle, kid. Get it over with. But watching this guy play every day, instead of even like Michael Chavis. Michael Chavis is 27, so he's not exactly going to be on anybody's prospect list. He came with pedigree. He's also hit really well. He plays first base defensively very well. And he's not ideal over there because he's 5'10", and he likes to have those guys that can reach for the high throws and whatever. But he plays the position. He would have scooped that ball from Cole Tucker, would have changed the game. The thing is, Yoshi's like actually gold compared to some of these guys. Jake Marisnik, tremendous catches over the weekend. Uh, on, On Saturday night, just put on an absolute clinic in left field. But He's batting a buck 46. He shouldn't be in the lineup like ever. He should be a late-inning defensive substitute when you've got a lead, assuming your active roster can afford that kind of luxury, and I don't believe this one can. Josh Van Meter's supposed to be, I don't know, like a good defensive guy who has some power potential. He does none of those things. He's not good defensively. He hit the one-home runoff Corbin Burns up in Milwaukee, and that was probably just a case of running into the ball. He's at 171. Why did he start yesterday? D- does anybody understand this? Why did he start? Cole Tucker, we've beaten the subject to death. You know, great kid. Everybody loves him. 0 for 4 with two strikeouts and soft contact. And while he did really well, to field the ball that Yoshi couldn't handle he did end up throwing it in the dirt which isn't ideal and what are they doing I, I i see how do i put this i see what they want to achieve in terms of space holders what i don't see is how unbelievably dedicated It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Do you see what I mean when I say dedication to the placeholders? Just because they're on your roster doesn't mean they need to be rotated through the process on a regular basis. The guy that I'll cite as an example. And it's been a positive example, for the most part, is Diego Castillo. Now, Castillo's come down to earth a little bit from that unbelievable spring training he had and a good start. But he's at 255 average average-wise. He's still getting a little bit of pop going. He makes the plays, depending on where you put him, out in the field. Play him! Play Chavis! Play people who have at least a prayer of being part of what it is that you're building. You know, show some dedication to them. Or if it's not to them, then to the greater cause of making the future Pittsburgh Pirates better. There are three players on this team. And I'm talking only about position players, by the way, in this whole episode. There are three, Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, and the veteran catcher, Roberto Perez, who get regular, committed, everyday-type starting action. And Perez is obviously in his own category because he's a veteran catcher on a team that just doesn't have any young catchers, at least not anywhere near the major league level. So it's really about Reynolds and Hayes. In the manager's eyes, and he's talked about this, those two have earned everyday duty. Great. But that doesn't mean that the entire rest of the lineup needs to be incessantly fluid. Like, I respect the approach to Reynolds and Hayes. I just wish it would occasionally apply to someone else that you want to get a look at. Not for the short-term benefit of, hey, hey, we really need to sweep this series from so-and-so. Not that they've had a sweep in two-plus years. But just let them get on a little bit of a roll. Or, like the Mason-Martin thing, let them fall on their face and then try to climb their way back. But having them come in and out of the lineup makes no sense... And it makes even less sense to have them come in and out of the lineup for this. Ooh, keep it clean here. (laughs) For this not very good collection of additional players that are on the roster. They aren't deserving of any starting duty. Not one of these people that I picked on earlier in this program. If you wanna throw Jack Suwinski out there for seven or eight straight days, see what he's go ahead. Diego Castillo, go ahead. But don't rotate them in and out for a bunch of nobodies who really ought to already be DFA'd. Ah, uh, anyway, um what are we doing next? Oh yeah, just one question. back time for J1Q and today's comes from Ethan Early who says hey DK I was at the Pirates game on Saturday night and I have a question for you do you think the Pirates have a chance to create a good feeling about this team and I don't want to say cultivate a winning team because of Bob Nutting but maybe something like the 2013 wild card that stadium felt electric for the majority of the game despite it being early in the season and having a losing record. Ethan, you were the product of only the second decent crowd of the year, okay? Uh, There was the opener, and then there was the first fireworks night, which is what happened Saturday. And I believe the official attendance ended up, without looking it up, something like 20,000. And, you know, looking at the seats, that looked legit. So I would imagine, not to speak for the people who were in the seats like yourself, but I would imagine that, combined with really nice weather, combined with everybody being able to live their lives again, and all of this other warm and fuzzy probably had everybody in a pretty good mood. And, of course, the fact that the Pirates go on to be very competitive in the game, get to the 10th inning, everybody's still in their seats because they're waiting for the fireworks, you know? (laughs) And Chavis, who really should be playing first base ahead of Yoshi Tsutsugo, in case you didn't hear the first segment, gets the two run tying homer. And then uh, Hayes comes all the way around from first on the Brian Reynolds hit. You know, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Even drama with the umpires blowing the call and then having to reverse it. it, It's one of those where you say, hey, that was a great game on the way out back to the car afterward. You know what I'm saying? I could see where you appreciated the vibe and in the moment. And I could see where it's the kind of thing that would make people who are watching the Pirates, meaning watching them now, not watching the prospects, not reading Baseball America Outlooks, but watching them now, would say, Hey, I'll come back and get into this a little bit. That was fun. You know, unfortunately, Management, not just ownership but management, is totally numb to this, and by that, I mean not that they hear it and don't react to it. I don't even think they're aware. I really believe that baseball operations from the GM on down, and that includes Derek Shelton in making out his everyday lineup, don't think to themselves you know, we could make today into a positive thing if we performed well and won the game. It's like between the roster and the lineups, and and trust me when I tell you, I believe that blame for this is split 50-50. Shelton can only play the guys he has in the clubhouse in front of him, and the GM has the greatest control, obviously, of who the personnel are, but the GM doesn't write up the daily lineup. The GM can get you Jake Marisnick, but the GM doesn't say, hey, you have got to play Jake Marisnick twice a week. Because you don't. You don't ever have to start him. There has to become an understanding, first of all, on the GM's part, that these players aren't good enough. They really shouldn't be in the big leagues. And even if they do get a little bit better, your high ceiling for that type of player, is that they become a Ben Gamble for you, which is to say, you know, a serviceable fourth outfielder type who, just because of who's here, is really mostly a starter. That doesn't do that much for the Pittsburgh Pirates. This GM's got to understand that. He's benefiting way more from having Jack Suwinski and Diego Castillo up here, and maybe someday Rodolfo Castro will be back in the majors and so forth. But this doesn't do anything. And the manager has to understand that even though he's like the nicest guy in the world and the most amiable and friendly and chummy and here have a beer on me type, that doesn't matter toward improving the Pirates. The fact that he gives a respectful nod to the Marisniks and the van meters and whoever doesn't play anywhere outside the clubhouse. It doesn't matter at all. My goodness, I'm not answering your question at all because I'm still hung up on this. Um, Yes, my answer to your question is yes, someday they can get that excitement back into it. But they first got to understand that they've got a role to play in that. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates we'll do another one of these tomorrow.